And welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining us today on the 30th of December. Hello, Dan. Hey, Buzz. Is this is this our last episode of the year? This is the last episode of the year. Wow. And you know, I was just thinking that uh, some of my friends have told me it's been a really difficult year for them. Mm. For others, it's been a good year for them. For others, it, it doesn't really matter because thanks to our friend Ruth Griggs, mm-hmm. 2022 is going to end very, very Ooh. nicely. You're putting today. the pressure on her, aren't I'd you? I'd say this was a partnership. I'd say this is a real <laughs> partnership between three buds. Thank well, you, Buzz. Uh, that is my pleasure. You always uh, make our day brighter with, with your Take 5 segment. But today, I know it's going to be a bright day. It's going to be a very bright and and uh, beautifully musical day. Uh, we have in our studio today our, our friend, our neighbor, and uh, an incredible mus- musician and composer, Peter Blanchett, who has ridden his bicycle from his home on this beautiful 50-degree day, um, arch guitar in, in tow, literally in tow. Yeah. And so we are it's thrilled to It's like you to want to say, him. you see that goofy guy on that bicycle over there? He's one of the world's most talented guitarists. But he's, he's here with us today. And the reason why we have Peter um, on the show is because he's going to be performing tomorrow uh, at first night. Uh, he's going to be performing at 7 and at 8 o'clock at Sage Hall. And you're not going to want to miss Peter Blanchett and his arch guitar. Welcome, Peter. Thank you. It's great to be here. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. I understand that you recently flew in from uh, some performances in Spain. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I was in uh, Andalusia, uh, in Jerez de la Frontera. It's a beautiful place. It's really where sherry is made. That's right, and uh, I got to try some of that amazing sherry there. It's also the. It's really the. It's arguably the true cradle of flamenco music. I mean, people from Jerez will tell you flamenco comes from here. People from Cadiz will tell you flamenco comes from here. People from Malaga will tell you that. And they're all right. You know, it's sort of like saying blues is from Chicago. Mm. Blues is from Miss- it's, it, Mississippi, right? It, it, it's uh... Anyway, so I was there playing a concert um, with my duo partner, uh, Mané Loregla. Mané was guitar. here in the studio last time you were here. And he's yep. another extraordinary talent. The two of you together are unbelievable. Thanks. And uh, yeah, I, w- I wish he could be here this year, but um, he's, uh, he's with his family there. But I'm so psyched to be back at first night and to play live on a first night. It's really my favorite. It's my favorite gig to play. Well, and playing year. in Sage Hall is such a, it's such a beautiful hall acoustically, visually. And it's, it's nice that we can have you back again, because I know it's been a very rocky few years with having you play, quote-unquote, play at first night. Yeah. And we're all excited yeah. to be able to be back together. Yeah, I mean, the pandemic, uh, you know, and everybody did a, gr- I think everybody did a great job of, of doing what we could by playing online. Um, you know, you do, you do what you can do. And now, you know, we, we just got to get back to being together and playing every place I played in 2022, every concert I did anywhere, people came up and it was sort of either the first or second concert maybe they'd gone to in a while. And they were so happy to do it. And they were, they, they were such great audiences and it felt so special. So I, you know, I think the upside of what we lost is we're kind of 
more aware of what we have now. I yeah. have to ask the question, maybe of both you, uh, Ruth, and of Peter. Does your does your playing change when you're in front of a live audience? Oh, I mean, it's yes. The answer is yes. It's sort of like I mean, does do you, you know do basketball players shoot foul shots? in a game when there's 10 seconds left and you're down by one versus, and, and, and it's, it can be playing the kind of music I play. Uh, it can be a little scary playing that music, you know, from memory in front of an audience. And it's so beautiful. You don't want to ruin it by making a mistake, by dropping a note. Um, and so there's that pressure of that. That's true. And I don't like that pressure. I don't like it, but, what happens is if I can, if I can fool myself into just listening to the music while I'm playing it and like, wow, this music is so beautiful. I love this music so much. I forget about that. And I play really just the way I always play either at home or sitting out on a bench in front of Amanu's some summer evening playing for people. I just feel that it's just me and the music and people are, yeah, they're there, but I'm not trying to prove anything right so oh. you're so as a performer you're trying to reach that state and you really have no excuse because the music is so beautiful and i think any music any musician plays you hope they believe that of their music your right? answer is as beautiful as your music i have to ask you ruth Griggs, are you going to be performing uh, at first i am run? i am going to be performing with valley jazz voices um we are western masses only jazz vocal group and we're performing at first uh, first churches at eight o'clock tomorrow. So during, unfortunately, during Peter's performances, we're, we're going to overlap. But um, but yeah, we're really we. That's where we tend to to perform. Maybe you tend to perform at Sage Hall. It's, that's the way that's, it's worked. And and First Churches is great too. It's a beautiful space. It's really yeah. the lighting in there is sort of magical especially in the winter i think they do they put some nice lights up and the sound is okay and we've you know between the jazz trio and you know the 25 musicians we you know we fill the we fill the hall and how do you answer my question about performing in front of a live audience versus oh oh it's just night and day i mean that's and that's the thing i'm sort of thinking back today about how you know we tried to get really excited about first night a year ago when everything was sort of canceled and some things were online and i'll never forget watching some performers performing you know online like at center for the arts and god bless you know northampton media and arts council for taping it but you could see the musicians, it was kind of like dropping off the edge of a cliff when the song was over because there was nothing. There was no audience. There was no clapping. Right, right. There was no energy. And it's literally like, am I on the edge of a cliff, right? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you, you depend upon that feedback from the audience to inspire you and give you that adrenaline that you love when yeah. you're performing. Yeah, it's and I just have to ask how, if somebody doesn't yet have their button or pin, how do they get their button or pin? They can go to a number of different places that are um, on the website, but you can get them, I believe, at uh, Thorns Marketplace uh, on the second floor. There's there is a um, uh, a table up there where you can you can get it. Um, I'm looking at the information here in front of me, and I'm not seeing 
where, but I recall in the past that definitely at Thorns, right in downtown Thorns Northampton, and, and, uh, uh, on second Cooper's floor. Corner, um, State and Street. State Street. Yeah, they okay. have some, uh, and uh, yeah, and and you can or you can get the buttons all set up ahead of time by going to uh, First Night Northampton online, and uh, and then you just go and pick it up, and you can go to any of these things. You can just, it's going to be a great. Night for it, temperature-wise. Temperature-wise. Yeah. You know, and, of course, there's going to be fireworks. And of yep. Fireworks at 6.15. Right. Carol's is going great to Great fireworks, hot too. Chocolate. Yep. Yeah, there's special little little giveaways that are happening this year. You know, um, Harold's, yeah, giving away the hot chocolate, and Footbeats is giving away a, a pair of um, uh, a surprise, and Stay Golden is a mini gold disco ball, which sounds kind of cool. So it looks as though the the folks at Thorns are really are really coming out for this. But so back to back to um, Peter and your arch guitar, because I am not as familiar with the arch guitar as I think everyone else in the room. <laughs> tell me, tell me when you invented this, well, and what was the inspiration behind it? Okay, so uh, my instrument, which is an eleven-string guitar instead of a six-string guitar, is basically um, it's my it's my response as a guitarist to when I discovered that I really loved the music of the lute, the European art music, whatever you want to call it, classical music of the lute, which is from the 15th, 16th, and 17th centuries, okay? And lutes in Italy, France, England, uh, Spain even, uh, instruments there, they, were, they weren't standard. Nothing was standard in those centuries, right? I mean, spelling isn't even standard in English, right? So, so it, what was, what a lute, the word lute meant something more like keyboard means to us, you know, what's a keyboard? Well, there's organs, there's synthesizers, there's clavinets, clavicins, there's harpsichord, you know, there's a, so a lute meant basically a box with strings on it, looks a lot like a guitar, but they were different. The, the guitar didn't really exist yet then and and lutes had more strings they started up higher the uh, the first string would be up around a g maybe an a again things weren't standard right but they would go way down way down to this low note my lowest note on my guitar is is the same as the lowest note on a particular kind of lute uh that's sort of between the Renaissance and the Baroque periods. So it'd be like 1690, 1720, mm-hmm. sometime around then. So why did I do that? I did that because I grew up playing the guitar ever since I was a little, I don't remember really not playing the guitar. Uh, so when I was a little kid, I grew up playing the guitar, but I grew up playing, you know, pop music in the 60s. Um, but then I just, I heard uh, Julian Bream, great, musician, guitarist, and lutenist from England, heard him play, had like, well, this when I was 16, had a kind of like boom moment, decided that's what I want to do. Didn't read music, had no access to music education really. And so I just, um, I just started listening to those records and figuring out how to play it. Long story short, I ended up going to Boston Conservatory to study classical guitar. Then I discovered the the this ancient instrument, the lute, 
that classical guitarists have to also study that the music of that because classical guitarists play 18th century and 17th century lute music on the guitar. There is no guitar music from back then. Okay, so so when I, so when I heard the lute, I thought I wanted to play the lute. I was I, I thought there's something about that. I, I I like that even better than the guitar, and I'm incredibly fortunate to have had this friend and mentor named Walter Stanel, who's a brilliant, brilliant instrument maker uh, in Boston. And he, I went to him and said, I want you to build me a lute, because I want to play the lute. And they were very hard to get back then. They were very hard to find. And he said, I don't think you want to play the lute. He said, I think you're a guitar player, and I think you want a guitar that sounds more like a lute. And it's a funny thing because he was like in his late 30s and I was 18 and he was my teacher at Boston Conservatory. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's sort of funny when you're, that, when you're that young, you don't want someone to tell you, no, that's not what you want. You want something else. But I really trusted him and we built this great friendship uh, over the years through our journey about this. And so he said, you want a guitar that sounds like a lute. So he, we, we started to research what that might be. And this weird peanut-shaped guitar, which is actually shaped like an instrument called a vihuela, that's a Spanish and Portuguese lute from the 16th century, with the weird extra strings and it's tuned differently, this is what we came up with. And, you know, I mean, I'd like to say we figured everything out ahead of time according to some matrix of facts and stuff but that's not true i think we got lucky and when we were you know doing good work we well, were doing and in, this in was in before, like 1980 yeah. this, this instrument this instrument was built and was finished in 1981 you know Fabulous. and um and yeah in two minutes we have left i a burning question <laughs> yeah. when i hear you play the albums that i have you play yeah. a lot of bach yeah. why bach Oh, man, why do actors Why not? Like, yeah. <laughs> well, why wouldn't you want to play Bach on an oh, instrument like yeah. that? Why Bach? I mean, Bach, I, it, it's just like anybody, it's like any musician you, he, why did Bob Dylan want to write songs like Woody Guthrie? Why did, why Woody Guthrie? I mean, why, you know, it's like, you just, you hear something and it goes all the way in and instantaneously, you know, it's, it's, it's tempting to say all kinds of magical things, you know, like it's like, whoa, did I, did I live a life there where I was part of that? And that like, you know, I don't think that, but it's as, it's as profound as that. So when I first heard Bach and first was able to start learning how to play it, you know, make, make the music... The, the feelings that I most got when I was a little kid trying to play like Jimi Hendrix, you know, or something, they came with that music. Well, uh, Ruth, I can't thank you enough for bringing Peter here. When are we, we going to be able to hear him play? We are. We're going to take a break. Oh, good. And Whew, then, and you scared would, uh, me for, for a, a couple of there. minutes, and then we're going to come back. I'm going <laughs> to shut up, and when we come back, we'll say, welcome, Bach. <laughs> we'll be back in a minute. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP.
Get takeout, save 30%. Get candles or hit the links, save 30%. Dog grooming, outdoor recreation, burritos, save 30%. The Shop 30 store, full value gift certificates to local restaurants and merchants, plus tickets and events. Just click, print, and save 30% on the stuff you were gonna buy anyway. The Shop 30 store, open right now at whmp.com. Season's greetings. I'm Thomas Macheco, the President and CEO of Greenfield Savings Bank. And I'm Shonda Richardson, the Senior Vice President and Operations Officer. On behalf of all of us at GSB, we want to wish everyone a happy, healthy, and safe holiday season and a happy new year. We also want to thank all of our customers for choosing to bank locally with GSB and GSB Wealth Management and Trust Services. And we want to thank all of our employees for their efforts on behalf of the bank this year. The holiday season is such a wonderful time of the year with holiday decorations, lights, and spending time with ones we love. And we encourage everyone to shop locally as much as possible and support our local businesses and restaurants. Again, from all of us at Greenfield Savings Bank, happy, happy holidays, holidays and, and happy, happy new, new year. year. Greenfield Savings Bank, greenfieldsavings.com, with offices and ATMs throughout Franklin and Hampshire counties. Member FDIC, member DIF, an equal housing lender. What will the new year bring for Northampton and for Donald Trump? As for Northampton, we'll be speaking with the mayor, Gina Luishera, and as for Trump, we'll hear the perspective of the former U.S. Attorney for Western Massachusetts, John Pucci, on his segment, Crime and Punishment. All this beginning Tuesday at 9 o'clock. Get in on the conversation. Bill Newman. Weekdays at 9 and again at 5. WHMP News, Information, and the Arts. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And welcome back to our um, last segment of Take 5 for the 2022 year. And it's so exciting to be in the studio with so many admirers of our guest, Peter Blanchett, again, who is, who is a neighbor and a friend. And um, sometimes... Even though he's a world-class musician and composer and travels and has played literally in every country in Europe, you can often see him busking on the streets of Northampton. And I remember a little bit about that because I understand you love to busk. I do love to busk. Why yeah. is that, well, Peter? Oh, oh, it's like, uh, oh, it's just, well, on a, on a hot summer evening, I want to play my guitar. Uh, I'll go outside and I'll sit and play, play my guitar. And it's not an ideal environment for, I, I admit that it's not an ideal environment for hearing it because, you know, there are cars out there and there's who knows what can, anything can happen, but there's something about being there and bringing the music out and just saying, I'm just, I'm going to sit down here and play, you know, free expression. That's pretty, pretty cool. And, you know, I mean, I think, and then, and then if, and and then some people just walk right by, do not acknowledge what you're doing. Young people, when I go out and busk, nobody can tell me young people don't relate to the music I play because I I get young people, nineteen years old. What's your Venmo, man? I want to tip you. What's your Venmo? I want to tip you. You got Cash App? I want to tip you. It's like a young person just skipping down, going to going out to have a beer or meet their friends. 
I don't even think they know Bach, maybe, you know? It's yeah. very, very uplifting for me. That's wonderful. You know? So. Well, we are going to be uplifted by Peter's playing in studio in a few minutes. But before we do that, we want to remind everyone that with first night coming in downtown Northampton tomorrow, Peter is playing at Sage Hall at 7 o'clock and again at 8 o'clock. And I want to put in a little uh, tip for the Valley Jazz Voices, which I'm a singer in, and we are going to be performing at First Churches at at seven o'clock at uh, at eight o'clock, so please come to both of those and uh, just very quickly. If you haven't ha- gotten your button yet, you can get it at the Academy of Music. You can get it at Northampton Senior Center, at Thorns Marketplace, um, at Hotel Northampton, and at State Street Fruit Store. And the um, the website address is uh, firstnightnorthampton.org. So that's a good place to go for the full schedule that starts at 12 noon and goes until midnight. And we are going to take it out with a beautiful piece by Peter Blanchett if you want to tell us what you're going to play. Uh, you, uh, is it okay if I don't play something by Bach? If I play something? Anything you play <laughs> is okay. going to bring a smile to my I'm face. I'm going to play something I think it was sort of festive like the new year kind of vibe um uh a little earlier this is by uh, pierre atagnan he was one of the great early lutenists uh, of the french period in the early 1500s and it's a it just feels like this time of year to me okay so this is a pavan it's called
What a gift, Peter Blanchett. I, I just felt like dancing right here in the studio. I just felt like spinning around. It's like we I'm surprised I didn't swaying. ask you to waltz with me. I, I'm a bad waltzer, but I would have said yes. <laughs> Peter, so thank you so much. Thanks for Ruth having me. Ruth Griggs, this year you've given, it's so nurturing. Take Five is just a wonderful segment. I look thank forward you. to it every thank week. Thank you. I look forward to coming back in January of 2023 and beyond. Yeah. Can't wait. So, all right. Happy New Year, everyone. Indeed. We're going to be back with Duke Goldman's last uh, segment uh, on uh, the intersection of social justice and sports right after this. And uh, thank you again both for being here. What a great time. Good to see you. First night, Northampton. Get your buttons now. (laughs) Exactly. We'll be right back after these messages. Stay with us. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg. 101.5 WHMP. For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker is nearing the end of his time in office. Baker spoke with News Center 5 and addressed the recent poll that rated him as the nation's most popular governor. If you spend the time and the energy doing this job, you hope that people believe you're doing the right things. No one in public life would ever say that stuff doesn't matter. Baker says the job was not without its difficulties. Never had a job that was more humiliating and humbling than this one. At the same time, I've never had a job that gave me the chance and the opportunity to make a difference, a positive difference in people's lives like this one. Baker says that overall, his time as governor has been a highlight of his life. Starry, starry night in Orange is returning for the first time since the pandemic began. This is the town's 25th year of celebrating Starry, starry night on New Year's Eve in person which started in 1996 by Manuel King and other community members. People are encouraged to join in the parade, which begins at 10 p.m., starting at Orangetown Hall and ending at Memorial Park for fireworks over the river. And First Night returns to downtown Northampton tomorrow with dozens of performances taking place at 22 different venues, from live music to comedy and professional yo-yoing. Northampton Arts Council events producer Steve Sanderson. I had this vision where I wanted something in every window downtown. I wanted people that were just walking down the street to be able to see something happening in every window and and get intrigued and want to go in and see what was going on. This year will mark the 38th anniversary of First Night Northampton. For the rest of today, it'll be partly sunny and mild, highs 50 to 54. Tonight, clouds will be on the increase, some areas of patchy fog late, overnight lows 36 to 40. And the outlook for Saturday, mostly cloudy and mild, rain developing in the afternoon, highs in the lower 50s. I'm 22 News Storm Team Meteorologist Adam Stremko on 101.5 WHMP. Hey, it's Jason with the Weather Channel and SnowCountry.com. Navage helps you breathe better, sleep deeper, and snore less, but the biggest payoff is improved health. Navage is good personal hygiene and can help you stay healthier. Navage, clean nose, healthy life. Well, take advantage of the mild, dry weather to close out the week and get out and enjoy some nice long runs. Snow covers strong, and we added a bunch of new trails this week thanks to nonstop snowmaking since last Saturday. At Berkshire East End, Wachusett, about 20 trails apiece. Ski Sundown now on nearly a dozen there in Connecticut. They've got skiing and riding day and night. Stratton now close to 70 trails. Their grooming team laid down corduroy on over 60 of those runs overnight. Ski Queechy and Saskadena 6 going on about a half dozen runs, a dozen for Burke Mountain and Waterville Valley now close to 30 trails. Hey, this report is brought to you by Smuggler's Notch Vermont, where family fun is guaranteed. Visit smugs.com. Check out more at snowcountry.com. I'm Jason Dean.
First Night Northampton is back, live and in person. 21 family-friendly venues, over 100 performances from noon to midnight. Purchase your pins at firstnightnorthampton.org. Pick them up on the second floor of Thorns Marketplace on the 31st. Your pin opens every door at the largest performing arts festival in the state. Municipal parking lots are free, so join us for music, acrobats, DJs, comics, magicians, and so much more. There's also a fantastic fireworks display at 6 p.m. Northampton First Night, the place to be on New Year's Eve. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. What a wonderful time I'm having ushering out the old year and welcoming the new one. Um, Ruth Griggs is, as always, you know, just gave us a gift with Peter Blanchett's playing, but I always love this segment, um, Fair Play with Duke Goldman um, at the right at the intersection of social justice and sports. Hello, Duke. Hey, Buzz. How are you? Oh, I'm glad to, to... This is the last segment of the year, and I can't think of a better way than spending time with you in the studio and listening to what you've been uh, musing about lately. So what are you musing about lately? Well, I thought as it is the end of the year uh, that we should talk a little bit about the year in fair play and the year to come. And the way I conceived of this, and I think I sent this, this to you in an email, was it's a year of, hopefully in the year to come, eliminating Dan Snyder, bringing back Brittany Griner, asking the question, will Charlie Baker, our now soon-to-be ex-governor, be a touchdown maker? And then I want to talk about the people we lost. And in the baseball world, we lost two Hall of Famers, the splitter and the spitter, Bruce Souter and Gaylord Perry. But I want to add a little bit in, um, based on very recent events and just touch base briefly on the incredible soccer kicker that we lost just, just in the last couple of days and an incredible female golfer. And maybe if we have time, touch base on the goat of tennis, Serena Williams, who has retired this I year. I am going to sit back and listen. So, well, one of the stories we covered, I think it was one of my first fair play segments, was about the Washington Commanders and their owner, Daniel Snyder. Daniel Snyder, I would say is pond scum, except that's an insult to ponds. I mean, he is the lowest of the low. And he kept this objectionably racist nickname of his team and insisted he would never get rid of it and finally did only because corporate entities put pressure on him. Um, he made a settlement uh, because of sexual harassment and the litany goes on and on and on. Well, most recently, uh, earlier in December, Congress did an investigation and released a 79-page report on him and his team and their practices. Uh, the NFL had been in their own um, Humpty Dumpty way investigating the practices of Snyder, and it turns out that the NFL was complicit. They really didn't delve deeply into all of the misdeeds, but also that Snyder had been uh, conducting a menacing campaign against threatening people for testifying. Um, and this was detailed in the report of Congress. Um, it also has come out in December that Snyder's team runs a charitable organization that is funded 75% by fans and other people and not by the team. Um, it goes on and on and on. And so in 2023, my fondest wish would be to see that Daniel Snyder sells his team. And supposedly he is in the marketplace to sell the team, and yet 
there is also indications that that may be also a maneuver because this man is all about maneuvers. You know, maybe he'd be better on the football field because he seems to maneuver very well. Off the field, he is a menace and a disgrace. So in contrast, we have Brittany uh, Brittany Griner. And I think most of us have been following because this has been a story much beyond sports, a story of an immensely talented young woman who got caught doing something, well, something wrong, right? I mean, you know, at least by by the laws of Russia, she wasn't supposed to come into that country with uh, a vaping uh, uh, implement that had um, hash oil, I think it was, that it had, okay? And she says that she did it inadvertently. And, you know, quite honestly, we'll never know whether she did or she didn't. And, you know, all of us, myself included, who've done little things, you know, with illicit substances, we always say, oh, no, you know, I didn't know what I was doing, right? That's what you say. I, I think I did some, but I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, get that, yeah. Well, I didn't but, inhale. Yes, I didn't inhale. Um, and, and I think that's a, if that's a violation, that's very de minimis. But nevertheless, she did something, she got caught, and they did more than throw the book at her. They threw a wall at her for various and sundry reasons that may have to do with her color, her sexuality, and using her as a pawn in the, the wars that are going on between U.S. and Russia and, and Ukraine. Well, finally, she was released after 10 months in custody. Um, and... Um, it's created a hue and cry all of itself because uh, another gentleman by the name of Paul Whelan was not released, um, not a sports figure, but somebody who's been detained in Russia as well. And some people have been angry about it. Why did Brittany get released but not Paul? After all, Brittany has been outspoken against our country and, you know, whatever else. And Paul should be released too. And, you know, our government did something wrong. Well, interestingly enough, Paul Whelan's family weighed in on this and they said, yes, they're very disappointed Paul did not get released. But they're not disappointed in the slightest that Brittany got released. And then I read recently, Brittany's wife, Sherelle, uh, is a lawyer. Um, and she and Brittany were interviewed by People magazine. And Sherelle said, you know, she had just graduated from law school and had her plans for what she wanted to do with her career. And now, after what happened to Brittany, she's changed her plans. And now her intention is to be focused on the wrongfully detained and finding ways to represent them in this world. This is what people should do. And I want to share a little story I had with a very inadvertent um, exposure I had to a minimal sports figure in this world, somebody who also uh, was in the news. Quite a few years ago, something like 10 years ago, I was on a train. I sat down next to a gentleman, a young man in his 20s. He told me his name was Dave Evans. We had a nice chat about all sorts of things, and somehow it came up that he had gone to Duke. Now, this was just after the Duke lacrosse scandal. And I said to him very innocently, gee, what did you think about that scandal? You know, were you around? Did it, did it affect you? And he said, that's a very interesting question. It happens that I'm one of the Duke lacrosse players. Okay. And so we ended up having a very interesting discussion about it. He told me how he felt. He said that, you know, they were attacked by Nancy Grace, uh, who was one of those loud voices that was at that time, I think, on headline news and made it her cause. And, you know, they, she, they were convicted, you know, without a trial. Now, he indi- indicated that, you know, their behavior was not exemplary, right? But he didn't do the crime, and he ended up being exonerated. What did he take from this? He decided that one of his causes in life now was to work for the Innocence Project, the project where people um, 
do investigations to find out if people have been wrongly convicted using DNA. And I thought, this is what people should do, right? And in essence, this is what Brittany Griner's wife, and I think Brittany herself, will be doing. Brittany has also said she is going to champion the cause of Paul Whelan and bringing him back. So what I want to see is bring back Brittany. Brittany has said she has already done some playing, you know, scrimmaging and such, and she wants to play this year, you know. And by the way, also, people, some people question, why was she going to Russia? Well, she went to Russia because WNBA players make, you know, one-tenth, if not one, I think closer to one-hundredth of what the average NBA player makes. And you might say, that's still a pretty good salary. Well, you know what else? They play 36 games a year. And to stay in good shape for a season that is less than half the length of the NBA season, they feel like to keep themselves in game condition, they need to continue to play. So maybe that's why she was in Russia. And maybe, you know, she is someone who deserves our support. So I want to see more Brittany Griner. So let's turn to Charlie Baker, our ex-governor. And Charlie Baker has, you know, decided and has been asked to be and will now be the head of the National Collegiate Athletic Association. And I was reading about him today in the Gazette, and he said he grew up in a household where his mom was Democratic and his dad was a Republican, and they always argued about politics, and they always differed, but they got along. And so he is meant to be a broker, hopefully an honest broker, for a broken organization. And the question is going to be, will Charlie Baker be able to fix what is wrong with college athletes and the athletics? Excuse me. And the answer to that is, no. <laughs> but maybe he'll help a little bit, you know? Maybe he'll improve the conditions or improve the situations. Maybe as he worked in a very democratic state as a Republican governor, but an, uh, an uh, open opponent of Trump, which I give him credit for. Of course, you know, you can't get elected in Massachusetts if you're a Trumper. Those, those Trumpy Republicans ought to realize that. Not going to happen, right? But, you know, he, he, he had an outstanding um, um, positive rating by Massachusetts residents. And, and you know, what is he going to deal with in the NCAA? Um, they have tremendous problems, right? They have conferences where teams are from all over the country are leaving one conference and joining another. They're trying to figure out compensation situations because there are lawsuits galore. They are now allowing something called NILs, L's, Names, Image, and Likeness, um, for athletes to get money for endorsements, but it looks like there might be ways that athletes will demand to get paid. And he's going to have to work with the powers that be in an organization that's had trouble for years. And like all other sports, tends to not come clean and admit what they're for and what they're about. So I'd like to see him make a difference. Charlie Baker is a difference maker? Perhaps. Well, we will see. We have to take a break. And I'm sorry, we do, because I'm loving listening to Duke. But we're going to take a break and be back in a few minutes with Duke Goldman and Fair Play. Stay with us. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. In a little tent Oh, and just like the river I've been running Ever since It's been a long 
change gonna come Oh, yes it will It's been too When it's happening here in the Valley, we're talking about it. Modest, very minimal increase in the police budget, largely uh, due to just regular contractual um, obligations. Holyoke is nothing like Northampton and Greenfield. The quality of life uh, issues, our demographics, very, very different. So I can never compare our police departments. The challenges we have going on in our city are very, very different. 1015, 1400, and 1240. We are the Valley. We are WHMP. Learn Spanish, learn French, learn Italian or German. Learn a language with the International Language Institute. Beginner, intermediate and advanced conversation classes. Speaking the language with others who are learning. And ILI is a PDP provider for the state of Massachusetts. Plus, earn continuing ed units. Learn Spanish, French, German, Italian, Portuguese. 10-week part-time online classes start January 17th. Sign up online. The International Language Institute in downtown Northampton. Orthopedic injuries don't just happen to athletes. Muscle and ligament tears can happen from a golf game, tennis match, or even shoveling snow. I'm Dr. Connor Ziegler, sports medicine and board-certified orthopedic surgeon with New England Orthopedic Surgeons. Our surgical team here in Western Mass is ready to tackle any orthopedic or sports injury from shoulders to elbows, wrists, hands, hips, knees, ankles, and everything in between, including physical therapy and regenerative medicine, such as orthopedic laser treatment and PRP. Hey, Pat, who's on the sidelines this week? Wide receiver Devontae Parker is. He sat out Saturday's loss in Cincinnati due to a concussion he suffered in Week 14. His return for Sunday's game against Miami is questionable. Running back Damian Harris is nursing a leg injury and missed his fourth straight game on Saturday. He's listed as questionable for this week. And cornerback Jalen Mills continues to rehab a groin injury and is day-to-day. So if you're looking for the best bona fide care around, visit neortho.com to schedule an appointment. With locations in Springfield, East Longmeadow, and Northampton, our team will get you back in the game. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration says it's received information suggesting that Hertz rented vehicles to customers from 2018 to 2020 without required recall repairs performed on some vehicles. Hertz says it's cooperating with the investigation. Now's the time to shop for next year's holiday decorations. Deal News reports retailers are slashing prices for holiday decorations and candy, with Kohl's, Belk, Bloomingdale's, and Target leading the way. They're offering discounts between 50 and 75 percent on most holiday items. As Americans prepare to file their 2022 taxes in the coming months, staying on top of the latest changes and updates can help make the process easier. The IRS has released a frequently asked questions list to help guide consumers through two of the biggest changes this year. I'm Mark Huffman. Learn more at ConsumerAffairs.com. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg. WHMP by the river in a little tent. Oh, and just like the river. Thank you, Sam Cook. So, Duke Goldman, we were talking. We've been talking about uh, NCAA. We were talking about Brittany Griner. Um, we're talking about Dan Snyder. By the way, on Dan Snyder, 
I remember, what was his name, Donald Sterling, who was the L.A. Clippers owner, and it came up with these horribly racist and a pattern of abuses. That, uh, And I was so glad when there was a hue and cry to, for him to sell his team, which he did, and made $2 billion. Well, you know, NFL owners should do the same thing, but I think the NFL owners, a lot of them have their own, you know, little dirty deeds that they're afraid are going to get exposed. And, you know... Um, um, uh, Roger Goodell is n- not quite the leader that um, I'm forgetting his name right now. The uh, the uh, NBA commission Adam Silver is, right. um, and I think it was Adam Silver already at that point. And you know the and NBA got rid of someone who was a horrible person, but Snyder's right up there in the the Sterling lead and p- perhaps beyond. He swims in the same pond. I would say yes. Yeah. I would say. Well, here we are at the end of the year, and I think we're all reading you know lists of you know, those who have passed this year. And as a baseball fan, I often look at the Hall of Famers who've died, not just them, but they're of particular interest. And in the last couple of years, um, I forget it was like a nine-month period where like 10 of them died. There were so many, Bob Gibson and Whitey Ford and just a whole slew. This year, as far as I know, there were only two Hall of Famers who passed away. And they were known by their pitches, the splitter, Bruce Souter, and the spitter, Gaylord Perry. And, you know, what interested me about them, um, by the way, the, the, the splitter, the split ball, oftentimes people confuse it for the spitter because it breaks down suddenly. And when you apply, you know, spit to a ball, it can do that same sort of thing. Um, and, um, you know, Gaylord Perry made his career from the spitter throwing an illegal pitch, and a pitch that was legal until 1920 in baseball, by the way, and for years, many people have said ought to be allowed again, but it hasn't been officially. But he also made it based on the gamesmanship of making it look like he was throwing it at times when he was not. But his story, the story that Perry told, was that in 1964, in a famous 23-inning game against the New York Mets, he was, as he said, the last man, the 25th guy on the team, and he was brought in in extra innings to pitch uh, the rest of the game, and he pitched 10 innings, and he was desperate to do whatever he could to make it, and he says that was when he first threw a spitter, and you know, the rest was history. He ended up becoming a 20-game winner, a Cy Young Award winner, and both He was celebrated, leads. even though he was cheating. Right. So, you know, this, and I'm sure we'll come back to this in 2023. And, you know, we always come back to this. What is cheating? What is allowed and what isn't allowed? Where do you draw the line? All of us, myself included, who went to law school know that, you know, a line drawing issue is something we look at time and again in society. And the question is, which cheating is acceptable and which isn't? Well, Gaylord Perry had a great career, was a great pitcher, and he did demonstrably cheat. Who else died this year? Well, let's look at some people who passed away very recently. There's a golfer named Kathy Whitworth who died in the last week or so. And she was the first um, $1 million money winner in women's professional golf. And those of us who are old enough remember when that was a big deal. That was a big deal even in men's professional golf. Today they make over a million in one tournament quite often. When Particularly they interesting given your previous comments about the WNBA being right. so profoundly right. underpaid. Yes. And, you know, back then a million dollars for a career was a lot. And Kathy Whitworth won, I believe, more tournaments than any professional golfer. I think she won 88 tournaments. Um, so when I was a kid, she was the first name I knew in women's professional golf, and she had a phenomenal career. 
But the person who died most recently in the last couple of days is a man whose real name was Edison Nascimento, known as Pele. And I read today that apparently the way he got his nickname Pele was he was trying to say somebody else's name, which was something like Bile, and he mispronounced it, and he became <laughs> Pele. And Pele was a phenomenal athlete. Now, I am not a soccer fan, but Pele played three years for the New York Cosmos from 1975 to 1977, and I was taken with the team. And back then, soccer was not big in America, but the Cosmos sold out Giant Stadium. That's how big a deal he made. He was a phenomenal player, and he was a man of color who became famous in 1958, playing his first World Cup at the age of 18. And although apparently he was not a campaigner for civil rights, he made an impact. And he was reported to be one of the nicest men throughout his life. Even when he achieved that incredible fame, he was approachable and... Wonderful. We have to ask Dan Torres, Uh a Brazilian and a soccer fan, football fan. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, he's he's been compared to a combination of Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. If if I could describe him, it'd be something like Michael Jordan to basketball. You know, that's what Pele did to soccer. He revolutionized the sport. He was a winner. He is a... One of those uh, exceptional athletes. And in Brazil? Yeah, in Brazil. And, you know, we love soccer to begin with. So he, he got elevated to almost the deity. Uh, that's who he is. And so people have been paying their tributes and the countries in three days of mourning and, you know, all of that. It's a big deal. I mean, you know, and, and you know, he was someone. He was a, an ambassador for the sport. Right. To my mind, that's part of fair play as well. I, I, I like to see the good people playing in sports, people who 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 truly seem to embody the principles of sportsmanship. You know, I'm not so cynical as to have lost that completely in watching sports. And, you know, this was a guy who made an impact by what he did on the field as a talented player, but also as a player who built goodwill and showed people how a sport should be played. Duke, during the recent World Cup, uh, in your last segment, I believe, you you came on and we were talking about this flopping phenomenon of people, uh, players pretending to be injured. Dan has a different kind of take on that, but at the same time, when the flopping discussion, when I last read about it, um, the person who never flopped was Pelé. He refused to pretend to be hurt. I, I doubt that he would have done that, Yeah, you know? And he didn't need to, you could say, right? Mm-hmm. He was so good, right? But, you know, uh, uh, Monty Irvin, the guy I'm writing a bio of, who played for the New York Giants, when they, he could have had signals to see the pitches, he said no, he didn't want it, all right? A lot of athletes don't want extra help. They want to do it on their own steam. Other athletes take advantage of, you know, the, the interstices, you know. They, they, they find ways to sort of play along the edges of the rules and, you know. Duke, we only have a minute sports. left. What are the stories you're going to be paying attention to for 2023? Um, I'm going to pay attention to women in sports. You know, I'm seeing that um, the WNBA is more popular than ever before, and I want to see women become more prominent. And with that, I want to see men become less prominent. You know, let's let's celebrate women's sports. Let's celebrate their talents and and, you know, enjoy their their beings and their presence. Right. Um, I also want to look at race in sports again and again and again, because it keeps coming up. And as much as we think that, you know, it's got to be at the point where, you know, this is no longer an issue time and again, when hirings happen, especially at coaching levels, um, they hire who they know and they hire white men. So those are the issues I want to look at first. And then I want to see what happens. 
Because that's part of what's fun about sports. It's all what happens. Well, I love your observations. I love that you share it with us. And every time you come on, not only do I learn, you entertain uh, me. I'm sure you do all our listeners as well. So I want to thank you for a great year that you, we've had together. And I'm really looking forward to 2023 with you. Me as well. Happy New Year to everybody. And Happy New Year to everybody. First night, Northampton. Uh, don't forget to get your buttons and your pins. And for everybody, really have a safe New Year. Uh, have a wonderful time ushering out 2022. And I, we really look forward to spending another great year with you. Happy New Year, everybody. It's been too hard this is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg. 1015 WHMP. I don't know what's up there beyond the sky. It's been a long, Hey everyone, it's Tina Marie, co-pilot of the Cambridge Connection. I'm also a certified credit counselor. For 25 years, I've been helping people have a better relationship with money while getting out of debt. Every Saturday morning at 9.30 a.m. right here on WHMP, join me, Gordon, and our variety of amazing experts who stop by to offer great advice navigating the daily financial maze of life. Did you know that your eyes reveal vital health history? Join iridologist Sunshine Beeson for an eye-opening conversation. Live and local news and talk for Northampton and the Valley since 1950. WHMP Northampton. WHMQ Greenfield. A Northampton Radio Group Station.